Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. What they did was legitimate seditious conspiracy. Not what the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers did on January 6th, what Barack Obama, Joe Biden, go down the list. What they did to try to overturn the 2016 election and if not overturn it, severely hamstring it by claiming that Donald Trump had been had been elected thanks to the help of the Kremlin. Just really outrageous. That was Julie Kelly. What we're going to talk about today is the January 6th pipe bomber. As you might remember, the day before the so-called insurrection happened on January 6th, 2021, on January 5th, outside of the DNC headquarters, and outside of the RNC headquarters in Washington, D.C., some woman found two pipe bombs. Yes, some random woman found two seemingly inoperable pipe bombs. And we never figured out who it was that placed the pipe bombs outside of the RNC and outside of the DNC, even though the FBI and the Department of Justice have rounded up all these Trump supporters from all over the country, thousands of them, the FBI has not been able to find out who placed the pipe bombs, even though we have video of the person that did it, video down to the, the type of shoes that this person was wearing. An FBI agent just this week, a former FBI agent, I should say, just this week, told Congress that the way that they were going to identify this pipe bomber was by geo-tracking this person, meaning using the pinging from the cell phone to the cell phone tower or the cell phone satellite to identify the person's device and then unmasking that device via the cell phone company. The FBI agent testified to Congress, however, that the geofencing data, the cell phone data, had been oddly, coincidentally corrupted. And he goes, ha, 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 I don't want any conspiracy theories to crop up based on what I'm saying. It wasn't intentionally corrupted data. It was just, it was corrupted by the cell phone company. But oddly enough, coincidentally enough, this cell phone data was corrupted. So we're going to talk about that today. We're also going to talk about the video of the person placing the pipe bomb and some seconds that are missing from the video. And we're gonna talk about the woman that found the pipe bombs. This woman who has suspicious ties to the FBI itself. So let's get to it. All right, with me now is one of my favorite guests that we have on this show. A woman who has faced enormous criticism and ridicule for doing what every journalist ought to be doing related to January 6th. So she has the highest level of respect that I can offer someone. It is, of course, Julie Kelly, senior editor, or senior contributor at American Greatness. Julie, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, that's so kind, Liz. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on and for covering my work. I appreciate it. Of course, it's some, it's some of the best reporting. I don't just say this like as idle flattery, as you know. Um, although I do think, I do hope to balance out a little bit of the hate that you get online. What I want to talk about today <laughs> is the pipe bomb Revelation. So on, on the day before January 6th, on January 5th, there were pipe bombs or mock pipe bombs. I guess we don't really know whether they're real or not. We can get into that in a moment. They were placed outside of the RNC and outside of the DNC in Washington, D.C. Originally, we were told that Kamala Harris was in the Capitol on January 6th. Um, she, had, she was imminently in danger. Her life was in danger during January 6th. She was actually inside the DNC, which makes the pipe bomb story even more significant, especially if they are real pipe bombs. 
Now we have new revelations from an FBI agent who says, and keep in mind, how many years? This is what, two and a half years later that they haven't Mm -hmm. found the person who placed the pipe bomb, even though we have a video showing the person walking up, placing the pipe bomb, walking away. We can even see what kind of shoes this person is wearing. Nike shoes, Nike Air Maxes, I think it is. Um, Now this FBI agent says that They can't actually determine who the suspect is because the geo-tracking data that they used to try to ping this person's cell phone was corrupted not by the FBI, but by the cell phone carrier. Please give me your analysis of this because this seems, maybe the understatement of the year is to say this seems really, really, really shady. Really, really, really shady is absolutely correct. You know, Liz, The FBI has managed to round up more than a thousand Trump supporters using all kinds of investigative techniques, including geofence warrants, which tracks the cell data of users who were in a vicinity in the vicinity of Washington, D.C. on January 6th. So they're using this very crucial data uh, to connect people, their location, to connect them to their social media accounts, et cetera. But oddly, the pipe bomber, who now more than two and a half years later has never been identified, let alone arrested and charged. Um, we got all sorts of excuses for the past two years as to what was happening with this investigation. And then Stephen D'Antuano, who was the head of the Washington FBI field office on January 6th and led the criminal investigation, not just into the pipe bomber, but every aspect of January 6th, basically said, uh, oh yeah, the pipe bombs, even though we said that they were deadly and potentially destructive. They weren't operable. And yeah, we, um, we're not really sure if it was a diversionary tactic or, or why this person placed the pipe bombs. They didn't investigate, it sounds like, or interview the woman who found the pipe bomb, um, just conveniently going to do her laundry at about 2.45, 15 minutes before the joint session began that day and just looked down and noticed what she thought was a pipe bomb. Um, this woman, Carlin Younger, worked for a first responder network that had just gotten a $92 million grant from the FBI. And she happens to find this inoperable pipe bomb, alerts law enforcement, and this sets off you know, the first wave of panic and and evacuation of a couple nearby house buildings. But the most interesting thing about what Stephen D'Antuano told the House Judiciary Committee in his interview earlier this month was that they collected cell phone data um, from various carriers. And it looks like the one carrier who might be connected to this suspect, that data is corrupted. So they couldn't use that data to the extent that it exists, to the extent that they try to get it, to the extent that it's corrupt. Um, Now they can't use it to connect uh, whatever the suspect was. We saw him use or saw this individual looking at a phone, um, can't connect uh, that that cell phone carrier with the suspect. Just more unanswered, super dubious aspects of January 6th that raises the question in people's mind, you know, what really was this all about? And was the pipe bomb just another hoax to provoke uh, the panic that day and just add to the storyline that this could have been a really deadly destructive day? Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. 
Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I mean, tell me if I'm being a conspiracy theorist here, but I don't believe Stephen D'Antuano when he says that the data was corrupted. Well, you shouldn't believe Stephen D'Antuano. Um, he was the also head of the Detroit FBI field office when the Whitmer, what I call Fed napping hoax went down. You will recall, Liz, this was the operation, the sting operation that uh, involved dozens of FBI agents, undercover agents, supervising agents and informants who stitched together this group of so-called right wing militiamen in Michigan who wanted to uh kidnap and possibly kill Gretchen Whitmer. He was responsible. He was the guy in charge of the main FBI field office in Michigan that oversaw, handled the uh, supervising agents and the main informant and three undercover agents in that case. After the arrests were announced in October of 2020, a month before the election, Stephen D'Antuano was promoted by Christopher Wray to take over the most powerful field office in the country, and that is Washington field office. Now, there's a reason why he was promoted, rewarded for pulling off uh, this bogus storyline that there were people in Michigan trying to abduct and assassinate Gretchen Whitmer. And the reason why was because they were loyal to Donald Trump and they wanted to take out one of his biggest political rivals from 2020. So none of it was true. It was an FBI sting operation, entrapment operation from beginning to end. But because he pulled it off, got the arrest done, got all the headlines at the FBI and the Biden regime wanted, uh, or the Biden campaign team wanted, um, then he was promoted. So he's not a trustworthy individual at all. He has been one of the FBI's most successful hatchet men for the last few years. So um, you would tell even by if you're reading the transcript of his testimony, um, you know, he's not even so convinced himself what he's telling committee members is true. But um, now the House Judiciary Committee is asking for all the documents related to the pipe bomb investigation, continuing to push, push Christopher Ray who told Congress this was a legitimate investigation, that it was ongoing, um, and they want more answers. Will they get them? Probably not. Uh, but as I wrote, this is the pipe bomb uh, hoax goes boom, thanks to Stephen D'Antuano uh, and, and another FBI manufactured crisis. By the way, this is his exact quote. So I'll let, I'll, let our, I'll let our viewers and listeners answer the question of whether it makes me a conspiracy theorist to disbelieve Stephen D'Antuano. This is his explanation to Congress, to, to Congress. He says, so could it have been that provider? Yeah, with our luck, you know, with this investigation, it probably was, right? So maybe if we did have that, that, that data wasn't corrupted and it wasn't purposely corrupted. I don't want any conspiracy theories, right? To my knowledge, it wasn't corrupted, you know, but that could have been good information that we don't have, right? So that is painful for us not to have that. So we looked at everything. That was his testimony to Congress. And we don't want no any conspiracy, conspiracy theories, though. theories. I mean, come on. We don't want any conspiracy theories. No, no. That just sounds like one. I mean, come on, guy. Like, that was such an open door to the idea that um, 
you know, this whole, what I, I mean, it, and I really would direct people to Darren Beatty at revolver.news because he has done some of the best investigative report on uh, the pipe bomber. He actually broke down the video, saw that certain segments, seconds of the video were missing. Um, and to your point too, Liz, pretty stunning to find out that Kamala Harris, instead of being in the Capitol, where she was not only a sitting U.S. senator who was going to be involved in the proceedings that day, but the incoming vice president, that suddenly and inexplicably, she leaves the Capitol to go to the DNC headquarters at about 11, 1130 that day. What prompted her to leave? Why did the government and DOJ hide that fact? Um, you know, in criminal indictments, Liz, they said for almost a year that one of the reasons that people who were inside the building that day committed a crime was because there was a, two secret service protectees there, Mike Pence and Kamala Harris. Well, we find out that's, that's not even close to true, but we still have no explanation why she left, how her secret service detail missed this bomb that was underneath a bench right outside uh, of the entrance to the headquarters. So that's a whole other wrinkle that we still don't have an explanation for I don't think a single media reporter has asked Kamala Harris why she was there an hour and a half before the proceedings uh, started. So, um, but, you know, that was a very animating part of the early January 6th narrative that some Trump supporter tried to blow up the RNC and DNC, which is a few blocks away from the Capitol. That's why it's important, right? That this was going to be the start of the insurrection, these pipe bombs going off. Um, so the fact that they still don't have a suspect, that the whole thing is is unraveling um, and that it it looks like, you know, wh what was it? Was it a hoax? Was it did it never happen? Uh, was it a setup? And this woman was supposed to find it and alert law enforcement uh, and start start the events of January 6th rolling. So hopefully House Judiciary will get some more answers uh, so we can we can figure this all out at some point. If I'm Jim Jordan and House Judiciary, I find out from Stephen D'Antuano which cell phone carrier this is. I subpoena this cell phone carrier for this data. If they, if the cell phone carrier confirms that the data has been corrupted, then I subpoena all their records to see if this was accidentally corrupted or if it was deliberately corrupted when they knew about that, when the corruption actually happened to dig to the bottom of this. Because mm -hmm. I suspect, again, I don't even care at this point if those never Trumpers and those on the left say I'm a conspiracy theorist. All signs, everything that's happened or everything we found out about January 6th since January 6th happens, has happened, debunked the original narrative that we were told. So we were told this was the, the initial event, the precipitating event. To me, it seems like a hoax that was intended to spark fear, that was intended to be a diversion, to take police officers away from the Capitol because at that point, the feds wanted to agitate the protesters around the Capitol and usher them into the building so that they could entrap them. And again, again, remember that this geofencing, and for anybody who's not familiar with what the term geofencing is, you might remember it from Dinesh D'Souza's movie, 2000 Mules, when he didn't uncover, like unmask the names of the people, but anybody can find the pinging from a cell phone to a tower or a cell phone to a satellite and identify that unique cell phone, not the number, but basically the serial number of that particular cell phone. And he was able to identify that the same people went to the same drop boxes to drop ballots based on pinging, the pinging of that cell phone. The feds used that same technique, that geofencing, to identify who was in the Capitol. 
which protesters went into the Capitol. That's how they arrested people the next day because they had been geo-targeting and geo-fencing areas even before January 6th. They've been following these people since before right. it actually happened. So yes, it does It does um, make me pretty skeptical that two and a half years later, they didn't, they didn't pull this data immediately, especially when we saw the guy on his phone in conjunction with not interviewing the woman who found the pipe bombs. Right. That's really the sketchiest aspect of all, because I've reported on Carlin Younger and her ties to D.C. law enforcement and this group that had just gotten the month before in December 2020, this huge $92 million grant from the FBI. And this woman just happens to be going to do her laundry. She's working virtually at home, looks down and sees this and runs to security guards who are at the RNC. And she gave an interview and she said a couple of times, she's like, you know, I wanted to be cautious if I reported to police, you know, was this a hoax? Am I getting involved in a hoax? Was this a, a pipe bomb hoax? And I thought, well, that's kind of a strange thing to say. Why would you think it was a hoax if you saw this bomb and you're terrified enough to go run to uh, security guards at the RNC and tell them what they found? And then that's when law enforcement kind of swept the area and then they found this device uh, by the DNC. But look, Stephen D'Antuano repeatedly told the American people that these were uh, viable, potentially deadly devices, uh, that they had detonated these devices somewhere. So he really himself, and uh, I talked about this in my piece in March of 2021, gave this very elaborate video message urging the public, come forward. Was there anyone who was acting strange before January 6th? Anyone talking about, you know, plastic tubes and wires and kitchen timers, you know, anyone like being radicalized about, uh, you know, tales of election fraud. So he was very detailed in, in uh, you know, demonstrating or trying to convince the American people that this pipe bomber was on the loose and that they were seriously looking for this guy. And of course, it, he didn't. And, and then in the interview, too, they were asking him, you know, questions about the investigation and they interviewed these people if they did this. And he kind of said, well, that's a little too granular for me. You know, I'm the head of the Washington field office. I don't I don't get engaged in the nitty gritty of what's happening in this key investigation to what he calls a domestic terror event. Um, so, yeah, um, lots more I'm expected to hear, though, Liz, about his testimony to Congress um, and very curious who asked him about his role, his leadership or supervisory role in the Whitmer uh, fednapping hoax as well. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Yeah, and you made a very insightful point at the time of the Gretchen Whitmer Fed napping, which was that was essentially the playbook for January 6th. It, Mm -hmm. It was set up exactly the same way. It was executed the same way. And it really then is no coincidence that the person that was presiding over the Michigan, the Detroit field office, I believe it was, was Mm -hmm. also presiding, was transferred and then presiding over the Washington field office. That should be expected if the same playbook was used, which I, like I said, you made this point a long, long time ago. It's not really a coincidence that his name is surfacing again, but for anybody listening, and I always make this point whenever we talk about January 6th, because there is a cohort of people who watch and listen to the show that are like, I don't know if we should be talking about this so much. I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist. Maybe we should just move on. It's not advisable for for the people that broke into the Capitol to have done what they did, let's just condemn them and kind of move along. The past is the past. And the point that I always make is we can't let the past be the past in this case because we have no future if we allow this to cement, if we allow this past event to cement the reality for the future. Because what it's done is it's cemented uh, the abuse of power by the federal government, by the FBI, by the Capitol Police, by Nancy Pelosi. And if we allow that to have happened without accountability, then it will happen again. So it should be in the interest of every Republican and every conservative to be so curious about every bit of wrongdoing that we should uncover it and hold these people accountable. Otherwise, none of us are going to be safe exercising our right to free speech or our right to freedom of assembly or our our right to protest in Washington, D.C. I mean, in a, in a liberal area where there's Capitol Police, where there's leftists running the FBI field office. And that should be a scary um, idea, a scary reality for us all. And again, I want to pivot to another topic that should give these people, these, these people who may be unsure that we should talk about January 6th, this is the reality of the corruption that we're facing in Washington, D.C. Think about John Durham, for example. John Durham has admitted that the FBI ignored intelligence. The FBI had intelligence and they ignored it uh, during the, it was 2015, 2016, that election cycle. They knew that Hillary Clinton was going to tie Trump to Russia and James Comey and Peter Strzok hid that from investigating agents when, when Trump was accused of colluding with Russia. This is what Durham said. He said, the FBI was too willing to accept and use politically funded and uncorroborated opposition research such as the Steele dossier, the FBI relied on the dossier and FISA applications, knowing there was likely material originating from a political campaign or political opponent. He said the FBI did so even after the president of the United States, the FBI and CIA directors and others received briefings about intelligence suggesting there was a Clinton campaign plan underway to stir up a scandal tying Trump to Russia. Durham then said, we interviewed the first supervisor of the crossfire investigation, the operational person. We showed him the intelligence information and he indicated he had never seen it before. Durham said that agent immediately became emotional, got up and left the room with his lawyer, spent some time in the hallway and then came back. When asked why this agent got emotional upon seeing this information that he hadn't seen, Durham said the information was kept from him. Mm -hmm. What's your reaction to this? Um, you know, so many thoughts about John Durham's uh, uh, testimony, but it just is a reminder and to the extent that this agent, uh, if it's true, was hoodwinked, it sounds like he was, uh, by leadership at the FBI, including Jim Comey and Andrew McCabe, who was running the Washington field office at the time, um, that he was hoodwinked. Um, 
you know, it's just a reminder of the deep corruption and bias at the Department of Justice and particularly the FBI. And what people are so uh, infuriated about, as you know, Liz, is that no one has been held accountable. And John Durham really got called out today. Now, look, I thought he he probably did as much as he really could. Um, there was no way he was going to get a grand jury criminal indictments out of anyone in Washington, D.C. The same people who sit on regular juries, Washington, D.C., a nearly 100 percent Democratic city, hates Donald Trump and his supporters with a passion. They sit on grand juries. He was going to have to bring evidence to a D.C. grand jury to try to get indictments on people, you know, that they now consider heroes. Maybe Peter Strzok or Andrew McCabe, who we know lied under oath. I mean, we know committed perjury, lied to his own investigators, FBI investigators. Um, so I think that's frustrating it is, a, is a nice way to put it. Oh, people understand what happened with Crossfire Hurricane and then the Robert Mueller probe, not just how they targeted Trump, how they abused their authority, but they really disabled the first half of Donald Trump's presidency. I mean, this is all we heard about um, throughout until the Mueller report was finally issued in the spring of 2019. This is all we heard about was Russia collusion. And you know what, Liz, I reposted today because I covered a lot of the collusion stuff. Um, Jim Comey in his book bragged about how he and Jim Clapper, who was the director of national intelligence at the time, January 6th, love that date, January 6th of 2017, met with Barack Obama, Joe Biden, et cetera, in the Oval Office. Jim Clapper and Jim Comey told Barack Obama, the president, that they were traveling to New York the next day, that they were going to brief Donald Trump on the dossier and more specifically, the existence of that tape allegedly with Donald Trump and prostitutes at the Moscow Ritz-Carlton, where apparently they were peeing on each other. Or they, were do they were doing something, right, that was in the dossier. Of course, the dossier has been completely discredited. That particular facet of the report of the uh, Christopher Steele's made up uh, opposition research dirt has also been completely debunked. There was no tape. There never was. But here you have Jim Clapper and Jim Comey telling Barack Obama that this is what they're going to do. Barack Obama kind of smiles at it. And then they go the next day and tell the incoming president that the Russians uh, have what they call compromise on him and could use it to blackmail him as the sitting president. I mean, reliving some of that stuff, you kind of forget about it after you've covered it or you followed it. Um, what they did was legitimate seditious conspiracy. Not what the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers did on January 6th, what Barack Obama, Joe Biden, go down the list, um, what they did to try to overturn uh, the 2016 election, and if not overturn it, severely hamstring it uh, by claiming that Joe, that um, Donald Trump had been uh, had been elected thanks to the help of the Kremlin. Just really outrageous. And once again, no one is held accountable. Meanwhile, this FBI is rounding up trespassers uh, every week. I think they've arrested 15, maybe a dozen people since the beginning of this month, Liz. So, uh, you know, those two contrasts are, it's just really hard to fathom. Uh, but the destruction of the credibility of the Department of Justice uh, is, is happening in real time.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on the first TV. Watch the first on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. It's, it's right before our very eyes. It's just a matter of whether we are going to believe it or not and whether we're going to do something about it. I said this yesterday on the show about Hunter Biden. We can be outraged about the double standard of justice. There is obviously two tiers of justice in our country, one for Republicans and one for Democrats. Hunter Biden was given a slap on the wrist because he is a Biden, because he is the son of the president of the United States, and that president is a Democrat. We can sit here and be outraged about it, and we should because it's injustice. But more than outrage, we've seen such a pattern of this that my question at this point is, okay, but what are the elected Republicans who have a not just a responsibility, but a duty of oversight of the executive branch, especially the executive branch agencies when they abuse their power? What are they going to do about it? Otherwise, we're all just going to get outrage fatigue. We're going to become numb and desensitized to this injustice until it becomes normal. Right. And I mean, that's the other uh, really discouraging part of all of this is, you know, I think House Republicans have uncovered some really important uh, scandals, especially tied to Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. Uh, you know, the allegation or the claims, or it looks like probably is true that they took, you know, $10 million uh, basically in bribes from the owner of Burisma and that there are some recordings that exist that will be absolutely explosive if that's true. So I think that they've uncovered some, some really uh, some angles that needed to be shown and described and explained to the American people about how corrupt this Biden family is. Um, but what can they do aside from that, Liz? Well, the power of the purse is really the only thing that they have. So they need to start really paring down the budgets of Department of Justice and the FBI. They have something called the Holman Rule, where I think you can even go to direct personnel and zero out salary for government uh, employees. I would suggest starting with people like Christopher Ray and Matthew Graves, who is the DC US attorney who's prosecuting all the January 6 cases. So that's really all they can do right now because they can't send criminal referrals to Merrick Garland's Department of Justice because it'll go nowhere. So I guess just holding people publicly accountable to the extent that that's satisfying, it's not but really using their power of the purse. And we just have not seen that yet. They also could do, uh, you know, one or two impeachment hearings proceedings would be nice. Christopher Ray should probably be impeached. Um, Merrick Garland, I don't know how much different it, it makes. His deputy is Lisa Monaco, um, who is one of the Russian collusion hoaxers. She's the one, and, and John Durham talked about it uh, Wednesday in his testimony. She's the one who announced in December of 2016 
the intelligence community was going to perform an analysis into the Russian interference in the 2016 election. She announced it. She is now the deputy attorney general. She is almost primarily responsible for weaponizing this department against Trump and his uh, supporters and his uh, and his associates. So her work continues, except this time she's being extremely successful at her efforts to target Donald Trump because, of course, he's already been indicted for classified documents. He will be indicted for January 6th as well in the next few months. So you've got a lot of the same characters, Liz, who started this fiasco in 2016 who are still around and they want the job done. They want mission accomplished for Barack Obama and Joe Biden and all the Democrats and their bloodthirsty base to finally put Donald Trump in handcuffs and in jail. Um, and Lisa Monaco and the people who are still involved uh, in, in powerful positions in government or media, they're not going to rest until that's that is done. You've been saying this all along. You've been one of the only people that has believed that the Department of Justice intends to indict Donald Trump over January 6th. And they obviously, if they indict him, they intend, they want to, they desire to convict him. They want him in prison. What's that going to look like? What are those charges going to be? Well, we know what they are, obviously, for the classified documents case. For January 6th, I'm expecting uh, at least the obstruction of an official proceeding count conspiracy to obstruct, probably tampering with evidence, tampering with witnesses. There were some accusations made by the January 6th committee. I believe that was one of their recommendations, criminal referrals to DOJ. Um, but I think the most serious charge he potentially faces is seditious conspiracy. And this is sort of tantamount to treason. And you already have uh, 10 to 12 defendants tied to the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys who have been convicted or pleaded guilty to seditious conspiracy. And the government in the Proud Boys trial, where four of five Proud Boys were convicted by a jury of seditious conspiracy, the government, this DOJ, uh, tied Donald Trump to that group, basically called the Proud Boys Donald Trump's army that when he made a comment during the September 2020 presidential debate, Proud Boys stand back and stand by, that that was a call to arms, that the conspiracy started when Donald Trump tweeted to be in Washington on January 6th. That tweet was December 18th of 2020. That's when the government said the conspiracy began. So because this DOJ uh, special counsel, Jack Smith, um, is armed now with these convictions and plea deals, uh, that that these groups were tied to Donald Trump uh, gives them all the more evidence, ammunition they need to seek a similar indictment before a D.C. grand jury against Trump. So it doesn't matter that Donald Trump wasn't tied to these groups. It doesn't matter that when Donald Trump spoke those words, it was the same as if you said, hey, let's go feed the ducks. And the Department of mm -hmm. Justice goes, hey, Julie Kelly just called these people to arms. And you're like, no, I just suggested that we go to the park and feed the ducks. It doesn't matter right. because this will be tried in Washington, D.C., which means the jury will be made up of all these same swamp creatures, just a little bit lower on the on the rung at all of these agencies that want to throw Donald Trump in jail. Well, a lot of them are tied to these agencies. I mean, you listen to the jury selection. It, it's like it, you have to laugh. I mean, you had someone who was on one of the Oath Keepers trial who was a Department of Justice attorney. And the judge allowed him on the jury. Now, it didn't say if he was a past, a former DOJ attorney or a current one. Doesn't matter. Because they have so many trials and because Washington, D.C. is a relatively small city and it's all Democrats and they're all tied to the federal government one way or the other, they have no choice but to put these highly biased people 
sitting on these juries. In the Proud Boys uh, trial, which is arguably the most high profile trial with the most at stake for Donald Trump and the Department of Justice, you had seven or or eight jurors who told the judge and told uh, defense and government attorneys that they had attended left-wing demonstrations, anti-gun rallies, um, uh, 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 pro-abortion rallies. Uh, Two of them, I believe, had been at the Women's March. They described January 6th people as insurrectionists. I mean, just rolled off their tongue. And they were still seated on this jury. There's no way anyone could get a fair trial in Washington, D.C. And this is the same uh, jury pool, both grand jury and, and regular trial jury, that Donald Trump will have to confront. And I'll tell you, the real villains here are the judges, Liz, as you and I have talked about. They are the ones who are acting as nothing more than a rubber stamp for DOJ. This includes Trump's own appointed judges. And the scary part about the seditious conspiracy and, quite frankly, the obstruction count is that there is now precedence for judges to hold the accused under pretrial detention. That means denied bail if they are charged with seditious conspiracy and or obstruction of an official proceeding. We have case law. So Liz, to your viewers who think we should move on, the reason why we can't is because this DOJ is weaponizing statutes like obstruction of an official proceeding, like seditious conspiracy, They are using it now to set precedent case law that criminalizes political dissent. This will not just apply to January 6ers. It will be used universally against anyone who protests, especially uh, on federal property or, you know, in a blue in a blue city. So that's why it's still important. And maybe your viewers, your viewers who uh, and I certainly hear this myself, let's move on. Once Donald Trump is indicted and they see exactly how this goes down in Washington, D.C., maybe they'll understand why we keep talking about it and trying to inform people about what I call the legal and judicial circle of hell in Washington, D.C., because um, that's exactly what's coming for Donald Trump. And listen, the vast majority of people who listen to and watch this show understand what's at stake here. Mm-hmm. The, these conversations that we have are oftentimes some of the highest rated episodes because people know that you are one of the only people, if not the only person that's accurately reporting this. It's just the vocal minority, if you will, who are skeptics. But how about this this conversation as a light way to end your Friday, to end your week? What we should have done is we should have talked about uh, what we were talking about off the air right before we started. We were discussing the differences between tennis and pickleball because um, Julie plays both of those. Maybe that's how we should actually end the Friday instead of depressing <laughs> everyone before we go into the weekend. <laughs> that's good. I like that. I like that's a good note. So yes, I play tennis. I play singles tennis, but also spend a lot of time in Florida and pickleball is a big craze there. I, like many people, my it, scoffed at it. Oh no, I play tennis. I don't play pickleball. Uh, but it is a lot of fun. It's a great like couple group sport. Uh, kids of all ages are playing. You see some of the pickleball champions are like teenage girls up to, you know, older guys in their sixties. So anyone can play. Uh, it's easy to learn. It's a lot of fun. And I like it because you're seeing people who otherwise are not physically active, uh, get outside, uh, you know, go hit this wiffle ball around the court for an hour or so and, uh, and, and get some exercise. So if you haven't tried it, I strongly suggest. I haven't tried it yet, but I intend to. We're going to go 
uh, visit my parents for 4th of July, take a couple of days off and, you know, just bask in the sun. And both my mom and my dad have gotten into it this summer. And at first, I, I confess, I made fun of them a little bit. I was like, isn't that the old lady sport? And she claims that it's super fun. They're really into it. And so I think I'm going to give it a try with her. And, and you know, what goes around comes around. So at first you make fun of something. And then, of course, you make fun of your parent for doing something. And then you try it yourself. So I'm excited. Right. I'm excited. Thank you so much for being well, here today. Everyone follow Julie Kelly on Twitter. Oh, I will. I will. I'll report back. <laughs> I'll Great. report back. And um, just don't. People shouldn't have their hopes high for what this report should be. Make sure you follow Julie on Twitter at twitter.com slash Julie underscore Kelly to also go take a read of all her great work at American Greatness. She documents everything that's going on with all these investigations with crystal clear clarity. Julie, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks, Liz. Thanks for having me on again. All right, guys, make sure you're following Julie. She's one of my favorite journal journalists, especially when it comes to um, the topic of January 6th or Russiagate. But listen... My takeaway from all of this is we do need to understand, as Republicans, the reality of the political enemy that we're facing. We do need to be able to sit down and readjust our expectations. And when I say readjust our expectations, I mean we used to, and the Republican Party is still, to a certain extent, very much hashtag back the blue. We hold law enforcement in high esteem, and maybe that's a little too idealistic. It doesn't mean that I that I don't support cops on the street who are patrolling to keep our neighborhoods safe. I do. But law enforcement at the federal level has betrayed our trust. And so when we look at these institutions, the Department of Justice and the FBI, we can't look at them with the same trusting nature that we used that that we used to. We have to understand that they've been corrupted. And when we say they've been corrupted, this isn't just an empty phrase that we use. When they've been corrupted, we have to understand that they really have been weaponized against us and it's not a conspiracy theory. It is a conspiracy against us. And the easiest thing for Republicans to do is to pretend to be outraged about a double standard of justice and not really do anything about it or to deny the level of corruption that's happening because it kind of rocks your world when, and your worldview when you realize that an institution that you've counted on can't be trusted because you've just gone about your entire life thinking that you can count on A, you can count on B, you can count on C, that you can count on your doctor and big pharma. You can count because they just want to help people get better. You can count on the Department of Justice and law enforcement. They just want to keep people safe. You can count on the education system. They're just trying to educate your children. Like it rocks our world when these institutions that we oftentimes we grew up with, we were formed by these institutions that they're no longer what they used to be, that they've been corrupted, and that there are people in the United States government that are so evil that they will actually do these things. It's not incompetence. It's not stupidity. It's not one bad apple that's poisoned the whole barrel, that it is widespread corruption, that there is an effort by people on the left to actually subvert our democracy. It's why they use this protect our democracy. Our democracy is at risk narrative because one of the principles of, of far leftist ideology is to accuse your opponent of what you're doing yourself, right? This is from Rules for Radicals. Accuse your opponent of what you're doing yourself because it makes it harder for your opponent to look back at you and be like, I'm not doing that, you are. Because people are just like, okay, you're just throwing back the same accusation. It's just a, a facet of human nature that it's hard to reverse an accusation, a same accusation. So when they say our republic or our democracy is at risk, 
Donald Trump is a threat to our democracy. It's because they are actively trying to destroy our form of government. We see this in every aspect, whether it's the education system. They're trying to subvert our children. They're trying to brainwash our kids. They're trying to confuse children when it comes to natural law and the idea of right and wrong and good and bad and justice. And that takes form that takes the form of critical race theory, that takes the form of queer theory. They are trying to subvert our education system. They're doing the same thing with big pharma. Maybe it's for profit, maybe it's not so much for ideology, but with doctors, they're doing the same thing with this this hierarchy of authority, this technocracy. They want you to believe the CDC without questioning because you must, who are you to question? Well, technocracy is nothing more than a stepping stone from capitalism to communism. The same thing with the Department of Justice. We have to be able to sit here as Republicans and understand that it's not stupidity. It's not an accident. It's not a few bad apples. That there are evil people, a lot of evil people, who have, who have been placed in positions of power, who have, who have been essentially infiltrated and captured our institutions and are trying to use these institutions against us to destabilize and destroy the institutions themselves in order to topple our free market economy and our system of self-governance, our three separate but equal branches of government that are supposed to serve as checks and balances. These people are anti-American in their ideology. And again, yes, when we talk about this, there are gonna be the leftists that say, oh, aren't you just a conspiracy theorist? Well, no, we're not a conspiracy theorist. We are identifying a conspiracy against our country and how it is playing out. These conspiracies might be hard to recognize as they're happening because the people propagating them try to camouflage them, but how many times do we have to see this corruption, these evil people try to target us before we understand the reality of what we're facing? So my biggest takeaway from this is I'm so grateful for Julie Kelly for uncovering the information that has to do with what really happened on January 6th and the lead up to January 6th and unpacking each and every one of these trials, whether it's the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers or any of the other people who are January 6th defendants uncovering the corruption in Washington, D.C., in these U.S. attorneys' office, in the whole system in D.C. where you can't even get a fair jury trial because it's the same swamp creatures that are serving on the jury who hate us and want Donald Trump to go to jail. The takeaway is not a positive takeaway. The takeaway is a very heavy takeaway. But if we understand the reality of the political enemy that we're facing, we can then regroup to fight against it. And until, until we recognize the reality of the political enemy that we face, we won't fight well against it. So I know I'm always going to get emails say, telling me to stop talking about January 6th, and I'm not going to. And I invite you and challenge you to understand the importance of, of having these conversations as well. As always, let me know what you think. Go to LizWheeler.com. Drop me your comments in the comment section. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.